TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And good morning. Here we are again Saturday morning talking real estate on News Talk A3OWCCO. Chris and Andy, good morning. Good morning. Good to see good you morning. guys. And uh, I always ask you, you know, how the week was. I haven't seen you yeah. for a while, but uh, I want to find out and then invite our listeners to join in either by phone or by text. Yeah. If you have any kind of a real estate question. Same number, 651-989-9226. Call or text. How was yeah. the week? I mean, I'll tell you, it's it's. I feel some of it is that summer mm-hmm. doldrum on on some of the listings, but then there's other ones that just keep going, you know, and go fast. Well, um, it depends on what part of the the uh, real estate you know arena you're entering. You know, if you're entering the high end and there's you know a, a one year selling cycle, it's not going to pop off the shelf just because it's for sale. But on the other hand, if you're under three fifty. And you're in a hot area. It, it's still the same multiple offer. You have to be smart. Write your best offer. You know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it it, it is good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't discourage people from uh, listing right now. Nope. We we are talking to uh, different people that are on the water right now, mm-hmm. and uh, typically luxury homes on the water. Um, this is usually a slow time, and it's a slow time because those people who are purchasing are very busy. And they're going from place to place. And then typically once we get to the fall, it starts getting a lot better because they're like, oh, geez, we're going to miss it again. Let's grab something now. Well, and you've had a couple of the best holidays of the year at the lake. And so if you are thinking of selling and you're on water, what a great time of year to start getting together with that agent, strategizing on what should be prepared. You know, do we want to, you know, sell it with this dock system or do we want to replace it? Do we want to have this, you know, should the deck be restained? You can still do those projects, obviously, this time of the year if it's not raining on us, but it's uh Obviously, a great time to really think about it. And then also, you know, I've had other clients, Chris, and I know you guys do the same thing, is taking pictures when things look their best and then making that, quote, you know, scrapbook of here's what it looks like in July. Here's what it looks like in August. And some of these plants are in mature bloom and they're beautiful or the trees are beautiful, you know. And that's, so that's smart. But yeah, and yeah. try to capture that lifestyle. I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, you're sitting on a dock and it's a beautiful night and a, mm-hmm. and a boat comes by. Snap a picture of that, you know, from, yeah. from your spot because – that all goes into the whole lifestyle and the the reason they want to be on the lake, you know. Absolutely. And it's true with anything. If you're on acreage, you know, getting wildlife, mm-hmm. you know, snapping that wildlife is uh, uh, super important. But it is. And it's, you know, nowadays with the cameras, it used to be like, oh, geez, we can't use these because right. it's horrible. But, I mean, cell phone cameras now oh. are unbelievable. They are. And, and the other things, I mean – there's some rules in MLS. We can't doctor up photos mm-hmm. um, on the MLS, you know, because you got to give a true representation. But uh, on, on different marketing things, which we do a lot of different marketing aspects, mm-hmm. we can kind of manipulate those pictures to kind of, you know, bring them in focus a little better. Well, that, that's the – there's an argument there, Denny. What they're ultimately saying is that if there's – let's say there's power lines or you have a view or something that's behind your house that is considered to be by that buyer less than desirable yeah. – to remove that from that photo is what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, if you're editing a photo where you're just lighting the photo up, that's different. Where you get into trouble, let's say that there's like this time of year we've had it where um, the grass in the yard is blotchy. Let's say that there's spots where the dog killed it. And then all of a sudden your photographer comes back and goes, oh, I fixed all that. Here's this beautiful yard in front of the house because you, you can't tell. 
that's again against the rules. You should can't Photoshop truly this. represent yeah. it the way it sits. Now, lighting it or whatever, I think that's you know subjective to opinion. But yeah, and what some people do is then they'll just cut out the grass, you know, crop right. it in a, in a certain way to be able to not see that, or right. you can put some wording over it or whatever. So. Well, and you can digitally manipulate a photo as you're taking it. I mean, you can highlight it, you can load, you know, or whatever. So there's so much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the front end that can be done too. So it's more or less just, here's the thing, show the house really how it sits. Um, if there's an angle or a different, you know, uh, whatever that helps you with a, uh, you know, achieve a better looking photo, good for you. Well, the other thing is too, is I tell, I tell everyone the most important day of your listing is photo day. Mm-hmm. It's that's the day it has to look the best because that's everyone's first impression yeah. nowadays it's online. And, you know, obviously you have to get them out there. And they're, they're, to me, also for a buyer perspective, mm-hmm. there's nothing like going out and driving around and looking at that house. Right. The one thing you don't see on the Internet is, you know, who your neighbor is or what it looks like down the block. And, yep. you know, that you have seven renters and 16 cars, you know, that are parked right. over there. You know, that might not or what be about sounds? Thing. You know, that's another yeah. thing. You know, just if you if you want a quiet deck and you want to sit out there and read your book every night and you there's some kind of a noise that, you know, I mean – I look at some of the areas like that we've sold houses, a lot of like up even in Blaine and you have the gun clubs up there and you just hear the in the background. Fun stuff. You know, for me, I'm going, oh, hey, let's go over and shoot some skeet, you know, or whatever. But on the other hand, somebody else that might be bothersome. It sounds like they're roofing a house almost every night. So, But I think that's the other thing you do when you're marketing. You don't you don't tell them something that's not true. Right. And so if you are next to the gun club, that's that's a big thing for people. Mm-hmm. I've sold a lot of houses next to the gun club. Credit yep. River has got yeah. two of them. I was going to say, I you helped know, sell them down there yeah. too because of that. Minneapolis Gun Club. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yep. Minneapolis Gun Club and uh, Horse and Hunt. And and you can hear that, but it's also a, a great location. But if you try to hide that from someone, and then they all come out there and they're all excited, and then they oh my gosh, they hear that. It's just wasting everyone's time. It is, yeah. you know. So yeah. I I think it's uh, yeah. Well, and there, you know what's funny too, Chris, is that there's a lot of people that are smart enough to do the research ahead of time. I mean, I think that's one of the cool things about all the tools that are out there. They can research. They can do the drive by. Like I always say. Roll the windows down and actually listen. Stop, shut your car off, listen what it sounds like there. What is the environment? Is there kids playing outside? Is there, you know, whatever? And it, you just absorb what you uh, are there to do and, and learn, is this a place I want to live? It's kind of simple. Yep, you got it. So we have, uh, <laughs> we keep missing a lot of texts every uh, So you're trying to catch up, every you week. say? Yeah, so we're going right. to catch up on some of those and then Good. hopefully people have Phone calls or, or text messages, they can certainly send them in. 651-989-9226 for your real estate questions. Same number applies to the text messages. Somebody did send a text uh, applauding your uh, best advice ever. We are on a lake, and if we don't sell in season someday, I want them to see it at peak season. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, then now you're prepared for it. And I'll tell you what. And, and again, remember first impression. First yeah. impression, when you listed in November – um, and you just have pictures in November is a lot different than having those other pictures on there that I can show like, oh, my right. gosh, I can't wait until summer. This looks fantastic. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I think that, you know, some of the fun stuff too, Denny, like when these lakes will have, you know, Fourth of July, you know, boat parades and things like that. That is something like, Chris, what you're saying, that that's okay to capture that stuff. That's okay to have that scrapbook to share those because those are fun things. Those are things I'd want to participate. Or St. Paddy's Day, you know, I know that uh, – we were a couple years back, we were with Mike O'Connell. He's talking about how he puts that big St. Patrick's Day, uh, one of the volunteers, to put that up in Cross Lake. 
people will go up there and say, oh, what a fun thing. We have something to do in March up at the cabin. You know, so those are things that can actually help you sell those um, properties. You know? The other thing is, is I don't think uh, we shouldn't discount winter right? on like a lake, you know, because uh, winter is a, a beautiful thing on uh, water as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of activities in which to do. So um, capturing that as well is a big thing because I think some people do um, maybe look at it and say, oh, geez, do I just do I want to buy this super expensive lake home mm-hmm. and just have five months to enjoy it? No, right. it's a it's a year round. Well, what a fun thing to have an ice castle out in front of your house and catch fish in the wintertime. You got a good three months of where you can have that out there. People are more wheels. active too. They're cross country skiing. Cross country skiing. Absolutely. Yeah. My little I live on a little pond in uh in uh, Chamblet, it's about a ten acre pond, and there's a whole bunch of families that go out there and cross country skiing. They make a little trail around the lake. Sure. And it uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. All right. One of the one of the text questions was can you ask why someone is selling? Sure. You don't have to tell, but yeah, yeah. they don't have to tell you. Um, That's got to happen all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. Almost on every listing and every say. showing and every, yeah. You get the question. I think it's kind of funny because I think the, the buyers are kind of waiting for you to say, well, because they hate this house and they don't yeah. even want to live here. You know, It's so inefficient <laughs> and the, the crime that happened in the basement, yeah. you yeah. don't want to go down there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, it doesn't yeah. happen like that. No. But uh, but I'll tell you what, we, we get it a lot that when you have open houses and we mm-hmm. always try to put our listings on towards the end of the week, maybe a Friday, and then have an open house on Sunday. And we usually get two questions all the time. Mm-hmm. Number one is how long has it been on the market? Because that creates the motivation. And the other thing that creates motivation is why are they selling? Mm-hmm. And and we have, uh, with my sellers, we always have a discussion on that. You know, because if the, it's, I always think it's best to tell the truth. Of course. You know, and, and be honest in why, in why they're going. You know, and I think some people... You know, so if you go and say, you know what, oh, they're just, uh, you know, they're uh, going off into the sunset. Well, no, <laughs> the neighbors know that they're both getting divorced. You know what I mean? Right. And if you take that out of the play, just say, hey, you know what, they just decide they're both going their separate ways, then it's not such motivation. Right. But right. if they find it out down the street when they're seeing someone walking a dog down there and say, oh, my gosh, they're the ones that are getting divorced, it's like, ooh. Now right. we can start playing with Well, them. and there's, I think there's a lot of different ways that could be described to a buyer saying, you know, like, for example, that exact story, they're getting divorced. It's an ugly divorce. It's a, you know, they're he, this, she, that, and all this, you know, that can go with that. And I think that that drama that gets drawn into it saying, listen, this family lived here for a long time. They're actually a new family situation's happening for them. So they're excited. They're moving on. And now this is a great opportunity for you and your family to move in and take advantage of the, you know, the beautiful house. Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's uh, do this. Let's take our usual break, inviting our listeners to join in, call in your real estate question, or send a text here on this Saturday morning. And good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show around every Saturday here in the 10 o'clock hour, inviting your uh, real estate-related questions by phone and by text. Here again is Chris and Andy. I know you want to keep, catch them going. Up yep. keep, keep uh, catching up on some text messages. <laughs> exactly. My house has been on the market for about 30 days, only four showings. What should I do? What price range? Doesn't say. So we get to kind of manipulate guess. that how, how Ooh, we want. <laughs> well, I'm going to guess so. it's a $400,000. No. no. The, the, so the idea there is that, again, Chris, like you, I say it depends. Um, depends on the market, price the segment. area, the price segment. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's what audience are you trying to market to? Um, and then simply taking a look at what have you done so far to put the property out there? What kind of feedback have you gotten? If you haven't had showings, but you're getting lots of clicks online, there might be a good indication there that you have a – very attractive home, but maybe it's priced incorrectly. So there might be an opportunity for a price adjustment there that could get you into that looks good level, and then people will start showing the property. Yeah, and also, you know, look at 
I mean, if if I had four showings in 30 days, I mean, just looking at it from a high level, uh-huh. that's a little worrisome, okay? But if I look at that same house and what price point it's at and see what else is happening in there, mm-hmm. if nothing else is moving in there, then it's one of those things that, hey, there's nothing moving in that price range. Right. You know, now we can do one of two things. We can kind of hold on, mm-hmm. wait it out, or we can go find that buyer. And when, when I mean finding that buyer, then it becomes a reduction game. And once you start right. on that path, it sometimes doesn't end until you go find that person. Yeah, that's so. an interesting thing because I think that right now the, the market with all the data that's out there, again, you know, not to keep, you know, going back to the same well here, but there's so much information for buyers to look at and do their own research and form their own opinions that when a house actually does come up for sale, the strategy of overpricing a house in today's market to, a, to you know, make a buffer for that in case they come in lower it just doesn't work. And it's all it does is makes everybody else's house around you sell faster because you're the house at 425, everybody else is at, you know, 400, and the agents will go in and say, "See, here's house for house and look at how much better of a value this one is. Let's go after the customer that was more reasonable. We'll get that house, you know, bought and purchased and we'll save 25,000." Right. And so anyway. Yeah, and I think too that I mean, for people, buyers don't go look at a house thinking trying to get into your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at a house and compare it against other houses that are, right. you know, in that in that price range that they're looking at. They don't go in there and say, you know what, gosh, all right, they're listed at four twenty five. It's because they're going to take four hundred. Mm-hmm. They don't do that, and especially don't do that in the first few days of the market. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that's where you got to remember. There's all these people that are sitting out there looking at houses. Yep. A new listing comes on. And then they all say, okay, woo, let's all jump on that. So you're getting your most showings at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense if your price well, too high. Well, like I always say, there's the fish in the pond, right? If there are fish in that pond or that price range, when you do throw your lure out there, they're all going to go at it and look at it. You can't just let it sit there and hope that they bite. If they don't bite right away, like you're saying, Chris, then usually it's a waiting game. Then to change it, you either have to go to another lake to fish, change your lure, do whatever. But, I mean, it, it's a lot of work sometimes when you're – Overpricing it creates a lot of anxiety. It creates a lot of you know like what ifs and why didn't and, and well, it's, sometimes it's it ruins everything you just did. I know it. You know if you fixed everything up and you got it already and you and you you know you're prepared for that market segment and then you go to another market segment that's expecting more mm-hmm. than what you actually did for the segment that it's going to sell at. It's a problem, right? You know, and then so now when it comes back to that segment it's supposed to be in, mm-hmm. maybe thirty forty five days later, people are looking at it and say, "What's wrong? Right? There's something wrong." I mean, because this house is awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and again, kind of going back to the same, not to keep beating the same subject here, but um, if that house has other houses in that price range in that area and you can compare them to them, constantly size up your competition because the prettiest house at the best price is the one that sells next. So sometimes just simply taking an evaluation of the other competition that's available in that same price range is an easy way to give you an insight as to what you need to do. All right. Uh, let's go to the phone. Scott is calling from Plymouth, I believe. Scott, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. How can we help you? Long time listener, enjoy your show. Appreciate that. My wife and I have been involved in a new con- new construction build since last April. Uh, house is nowhere near completion. Uh, we continually receive change orders after the fact, and the stress and anxiety of this has just been horrific on us. We're wondering if if anybody has any advice for us on how we get through this. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, building a home is, mm-hmm. is is stressful, and going through it. I mean, because the things you might be dealing with is weather, you know, Absolutely. the rain, you yeah. know, and and then that puts you off. And you got to remember, some of these builders too maybe have multiple projects. And they're 
you know, when it's raining, maybe there's three houses that are behind. Their guys can't get there. Yep. Then all of a sudden it's like, what the heck? It's, it's been nice for two weeks. Why don't we dig that basement? Right. Well, they're digging the other ones and all of a sudden it rains again. Right. You know, and, and those thing, processes come in. I think as, as far as um, change orders and things, I mean, that's uh, kind of getting your ducks in order from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think sometimes um, what how how do you think you would run into change orders change orders this early in the – yeah, no, that's a great question, Chris. The, uh, the process. Yeah, the what happens is, Danny, too. You know, when you write a purchase agreement with a builder, anytime they use the word allowance, for an example, allowance for deck, allowance for whatever, this is how much they're allowing you to spend. If you spend more than that, there's a change order usually required, um, or if you're underneath that, they'll also give you a change order that will show that you get a credit. On the other hand. I think a lot of people equate change orders to things that had to be changed that they missed or things that the consumer changed that were ads, like they picked a, a more expensive faucet. Now it's a $1,000 faucet or whatever it might be. That is where you can spend yourself into a uh, – in, in, just so we're all clear. So what Chris just talked about is really an interesting you – know, so there's compounding problems when you change something or the weather stops something, and then there's a big – long train that has to be stopped or started at the same time. And sometimes it takes a couple seconds for the last train car at the very end to get moving again with the front of the train. So change orders only complicate and only usually slow down or confuse uh, the chain. And so because you're literally pulling one of the train cars out and replacing it with another one while the train's moving, it's very difficult to do change orders for most builders. Some builders make it easy and they tell you, oh, it's no problem. But that's because they have the margin built in there to service you at that level. Some of the more competitive builders don't have the ability to really accommodate a true change order unless it's a required necessity. All right. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, and uh, we have about another half hour of the show to go. If you have a real estate question, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show. Chris and Andy in studio answering your questions uh, either on the phone, 651-989-9226, and there is a line open if you want to use it. Uh, or send a text. Same number applies for the uh, text messages. I know we have a bunch more. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit, going back to that last caller, about yeah. new construction and the frustration you heard in his voice. Yeah. What about weather? How does that, and you touched on that a little bit. Well, but, you know, Denny, it's an interesting thing because as a subcontractor, you put yourself into the other side of the, the equation they have to warranty that house. They have to, whatever they're doing, they have to warranty. So when they're putting things in, they want to put it in with the right environment. So with that being the case, I know we'd all love our houses to be built in 60 days, but yeah. sometimes depending on the size of the house, you know, a lot of the homes over in Plymouth where, uh, you know, Scott was calling from are beautiful homes. There are four or five, 6,000 square foot homes that take quite an extensive amount of time and coordination effort to get that house built. And then to have it where you're not having issues. Because it's one thing to have a house built. There's another thing to have that, you know, move the bus and the house is, you know, built in six days and there's literally mud pouring down the wall because it's still wet. That's where we come into the floor. Just for a quick example, like acclimating the floor right now with this kind of ridiculous humidity in it that's out there and having those floors go in and not buckle or not, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty hard. Yeah. It's a challenge. So it's yeah. it's these builders, I feel sorry for a lot of them, even though I know they're very frustrating to the consumer, but there's a lot of work out there being done and coordination and things that have to happen. And I think, you know, on the other side is, you know, looking at him, I mean, and sure. like you said, Denny, obvious frustration, just, I mean, right. you could hear it in his voice that um, it, it might be a time just to do a sit down too. Yeah. And just kind of just go over it and kind of 
recalibrate and kind of like refocus on a, a different date that's going to happen because mm-hmm. I'm sure what's happened is nothing's happening. All we're doing is getting charged more. You know, we're are we going to close by the end of September? Then every day you look and someone's not there, right. it gets more frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, and sometimes I mean, just like you talked about the floors, most people don't know about that stuff. But it might be just better to say, you know what? It's going to be end of November. Mm-hmm. Let's just rethink that way because otherwise it does. It will drive you nuts. Well, we I had this happen with one of my builders. He was out there on a job site, and the consumer wanted that garage floor installed immediately. And this was the middle of winter when it was minus you know, 18 below. And we normally will pour in the winter, but we tent everything up and we heat it. Well, we were backflowing with frozen material because we couldn't get hot sand or warm sand delivered to the site. You know, or sand that's not frozen, let's call it that. Um, and we couldn't get in there, so they were backfilling with frozen chunks of dirt. One of those chunks rolled to the back of the garage, hit the back wall into the basement, cracked the foundation wall, and now you just created a $15,000 problem forcing something when it's not ready. So waiting two days to get the sand delivered, to put it in properly, to heat the garage would have probably been the better course of action. And so that's why sometimes not every builder is created equal, but that's why they do what they do. Yeah. And I think sometimes uh, builders and sometimes their communication is not the best. <laughs> you well, know, they're builders. They get to, right. Yeah, because they're, they're constrained on trying to get that thing built. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they don't tell the people. And that's what the people need right. is that communication. I always so. say I'm a translator for, for builders, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you try to take that uh, builder, you know, it's, ease and make it into consumer-friendly. It's hard. It really is. So. It's a challenge. Yep. Okay, looking to list my house in West Bloomington. How do I come up with what it's worth? Well, there's lots of ways. You can call a realtor uh, and have a realtor come out there and, and give you a market analysis. But I'll tell you what, I – Every time I go over to someone house, someone's house, they all have a good feeling of where it's at because of all of the information that we have out there now. You know, I mean, there's there's lots of websites that tell you exactly what they think it's worth, mm-hmm. uh, exactly, or or give you a range with it. But also looking at your your neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, obviously is a big indication. And then the one thing that though they they can't tell online is what is inside. <laughs> Right. You know, and I mean, have you updated it or you didn't? But and here's the the other trick is that based on what price segment is doing the right things that are going to make you the money mm-hmm. rather than just kind of um, I had an old story about someone, hey, I'm going to replace all the windows and the siding. Well, the windows and the siding didn't need to be replaced, you know, mm-hmm. from a real estate. They, they felt they would because they would do it if they lived there. Mm-hmm. But the resale market didn't. And so we fixed up more of the inside and sold it. And, and for a lot more and paid a lot less. So yeah. I think that's that's an important piece is try to get with an agent as soon as you can, yeah. you know, to get that information. Or interview, interview a couple because they all have different opinions, you know. And it was – so this week, Denny, they actually had an international conference out in Vegas and I had a – I live streamed one of the, the uh, speakers and they were talking the, – the CEO of Matterport, which is a company that does the 3D virtual tours, was talking, Chris, exactly about what you're saying and saying – you know, for example, what about the inside of the house and how do you, you know, put a value on that? And they were saying that the, the machine learning that's out there right now and the, the artificial intelligence, what they're doing is they're filling in the blanks by these Matterport tours inside, outside. So they think within five years they're going to have the ability to, with that kind of a tour, be able to really break down the true value of that asset. Meaning from a, like right now they cannot commoditize or they cannot put a value because there's no easy algorithm to put in there to make it work. This will allow the visual, the computer will recognize that there's, you know, not this, a power line or a, this or a shopping mall or whatever right behind them. It'll recognize it as being a top five 
um, view inside the house. It'll also be smart enough to recognize the windows with the warranties. It'll tell you every. It'll be able to recognize this information. So now, as houses are being built, they're building them smarter so that your house. Let's say you put in a beautiful Anderson, Marvin, you know, whatever kind of window and um, support the local guys, right? And uh, you put that window in there, they'll be scanned by this Matterport and we'll know exactly what the warranty is. You'll know exactly what the window size is. So you want to order drapes, you go back to your file. Well, that's neat. Yeah. They called it, they were doing some kind of a blockchain crypto um, system where this would all be stored in one location for you. And, and basically a cryptocurrency would be locked up, but it would have a file for your house. And that would be how we could evaluate houses in the future. Yeah, and there's apps out there that you can just snap, you know, your your range and you yeah. know and do all that and find out. Yeah. It'll give you YouTube videos how to fix it, yep. how to order things. Yeah, that's, that's all part of that technology. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. <clears throat> a text came in. Uh, it says this: My septic mound system needs to be replaced. Should the seller fix it or put money in escrow for the buyer to fix it? You've run across that before. Yeah, well, you got a the mortgage company is a big play on that. Um, we're just actually running into one of those right now, and um, it, the system does need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and the seller was agreeing to replace it from the start. Um, and but we're going to have to escrow it because we can't get them because of weather. You mm-hmm. know, those guys are behind as well. And so if we need to close, we have to have the county state that it's non-compliant for the mortgage company to allow us to escrow it. Otherwise, it would have had to be done before mm-hmm. we actually closed on the property. It's interesting because, I mean, that's an interesting argument that, you know, a lot of my acreage properties I list, we have that where we have the well and septic tested before we list. And a lot of people don't want to do it because they're, they're timed or they're limited to how good they're, you know, useful for. So a lot of people say, well, why don't we wait till we get an offer on the house? And then the surprise comes in that, oh, my gosh, you're non-compliant on your septic. Your drain system fails or whatever, and you have to work on that. So it's, it's now it's an expense. So I understand the expense of what the seller is saying. But on the other hand, people expect your toilets to be able to flush. So when you're selling a house and you're selling a house that functions, that's different than a house that doesn't function. So if you're going to sell it that it doesn't function, you should expect to have to give a discount for that, which in essence is like buying the septic system. So and the buyers that come in, there's a limited audience of people that can have financing like Chris is talking about where they'll allow that. A lot of them are very picky and they want that taken care of before you close. Yeah, and there's there's compliance, um, things that are done for septics, and it's different in every county. Um, but a lot of times they'll come in and say, hey, this system's non-compliant, but it doesn't have to be replaced for 10 years. You know, you can get by with that. You know, you, you have it to, hey, in 10 years, yeah, we're going to have to replace it. And people can sometimes justify that. Mm-hmm. But if it's a system that has to be replaced in 10 months, right. you know, that's not – but what a, what a drag. I mean, D- Denny, these are not cheap either. I mean, you're talking fifteen to 30000 for some of these systems I've you heard put that, in. Yeah. And so, Austin, you're selling, and that's a lot of your equity coming out of your pocket. So I understand the, the texture's frustration. All right, tell you what, let's do. Let's take our usual break here. Uh, again, inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a real estate question, call it in or text it in. Same number applies, 651-989-9226. Good morning. Welcome back to The Real Estate Show. If you have any kind of a question related to that uh, topic, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. I know, Chris and Andy, you guys still want to try to catch up on some uh, yeah. previous uh, e- yep. emails. My, my house was built in 1987, and I have original furnace and AC. They work fine. Do I need to replace them to sell? What do you think, Mr. Prasky? Well, you know, I'm a value guy. You know, my old grandfather, I've talked about him before on the show where he says you might as well keep driving that car until the wheels fall off at that point. Um, I'd do the same thing, maybe offer a warranty or recognize that, hey, you know, we would have priced the house at 200 We're pricing it at, you know, 195 giving you guys a cushion to do this in the future. Yeah, and I think, you know, as long as things are working and they look clean, 
and maybe certified, yep. you know, and yep. have someone out and say, yeah, they're, they're fine. You typically, you'll get away with that. Yeah, exactly. Keep a sure. copy of the, the sheet that shows that it's safe, that it's operating just fine. And, and uh, yeah. But if, but if everything is dated, you know, from the kitchen to the flooring to the yeah. paint to the yeah. furnace, then now we got a problem. I mean, to me, it's now it's you're going to be people are going to think that's overwhelming mm-hmm. and then they're going to start bringing it down. So, right. Yep. That's mine. OK. Uh, can I look at a house that mm-hmm. says inspection? So I assume they're saying oh. it's active with an inspection going on it. OK. What's, so the, the process mm-hmm. of that is, is that the, the seller has accepted an offer and it's contingent upon a successful inspection. But they have the right in which to keep showing that house. Yeah. And so if, if a buyer is wondering if they can go look at that house, the answer is yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's really up to the seller. If the seller wants to allow it, they can. If they don't want to and they don't want to deal with it, that uh, that's their choice as well. Yeah. And usually, typically, um, a lot of agents won't bring a buyer in there during the inspection process because right. sometimes it just gets them super excited about a house that they can't have. Yeah. And then it ruins it for the next house. You yeah. Know? So they're usually on the altar by that time. I mean, it's like, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where it's kind of gone down the path. And sometimes sellers don't want to have showings either because they're kind of like, gosh, we're finally. I mean, it's I mean, it's hard getting ready. I mean, getting yeah. ready for the market, doing it all, having all these showings come in, right. going through the offer process. And now it's getting ready for the inspection. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like sometimes, hey, we just let's well, just hold it off until you know, they get, do this. Yeah. And that's interesting you say that, Chris, because I even as a listing agent have, have sat back when I have a client that's in that position and said, you know, listen. Let's show that buyer and that buyer's agent some respect here because they worked hard. There was multiple offers. They actually put their best foot forward. They're doing the inspection within the window they said. You know, let's not, you know, kick a gift horse in the mouth, as they would say, or look a gift horse in the mouth, as they would say. So, you know, the the thing that we want to look at there is, is that respectfully having that relationship with that person, yes, it is still for sale. And if there are people, what I'll do is I'll line agents up that are saying, yeah, we're interested if something does happen on the inspection, immediately we're notifying them saying, hey, where there's trouble in paradise, would you guys like to come back in and, and revisit your offer? Yep. That okay. makes sense. Uh, I don't think my agent's helping me, but I signed something. Am I stuck with that agent? Okay. So I think they're obviously not talking probably about a, a listing side of it, you know, because a listing side, you definitely sign something because it's yeah. on the market. Right. But sometimes on a buyer end of it, you might have went and looked at a house mm-hmm. and looked on the internet and showed up and wrote an offer with someone. Well, before you wrote that offer, you more than likely became a client of that person mm-hmm. with an exclusive right to represent contract. And now it's kind of like, well, hey, it was just that house. We don't like it. We're not – we don't want to go see other houses with this person. Mm-hmm. Can you get out of that? You know, it, it really depends. I mean, it, there's – if you're under contract and the contract states a window of time and there's no exclusions or there's no getting out, it's at the discretion of the broker. I mean, the broker can say, yep, we'll let you go or no, we're not going to. But it's also the broker that then has to track you down, chase you and try to find what you bought without them and, you know, and enforce the contract. So I think it's more more brokerages I see where if they feel the consumer feels like they've been wronged or not serviced correctly, will usually let a consumer go out of their contract with terms. Most brokers will say, well, you didn't like, you know, agent A, but maybe you'd like agent B. You know, so then the yeah. brokerage still retains the client, but they they switch agents within the same brokerage, and sometimes that works out great. You know, and and sometimes it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think more so than um, you just got to deal with it, yeah. And then just say, you know what? Hey, maybe it's just not the best thing. Let's just kind of both go our our, our separate ways. Yeah. Um, 
I had never had that, and this year I've had it two times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just kind of like, you know what? We're just we're not on the same page. It's not going to work. I mean, right. let's just both go on. And hey, I wish you the best. And uh, Move we, forward. we get a lot, actually, Denny, in new construction where some of our agents that are on the team are working new, representing the builders sitting in the models. And the consumer will come in and they, they have the natural curiosity question, I'm sure, and a little hint of mischievousness on their voice when they say, yeah, I don't have an agent. What does that mean for me? You know, I'm not represented. Knowing that that agent that's in that model makes a commission based on, you know, selling that house, is there an incentive for me to not have a representation? And we're not allowed to do that, just so that it's crystal clear. The seller, the builder, let's say they're paying 5%, 6%, whatever they're paying for commissions, and that is what's paid to the listing agent. The listing agent then pays the buyer's agent. There's no really room for negotiating. The negotiating comes from between the buyer and the seller, not on the contract. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough spot to be put in. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've seen where some agents will do like you buy direct and things like that, and they bundle programs together where maybe they give an incentive by selling the house with a with an incentive on it or something for them. But there's, you know, ultimately you want to be represented for the right reasons. Can you, yeah. you know, when you, when you talk about, but you obviously both have done this. Mm-hmm. When you have to t- tell a prospective client, this is not working. This is not what is going. What has gone wrong? That's when you refer you them t- out for you to tell them that. I think expectations, um, you know, maybe uh, weren't clear, um, and it's just there's a lot of things that start happening um, when you, when you start listing a house, and it might be um, not allowing showings, you know, mm-hmm. or um, not being prepared for showings, or changing things all the time, or you know, there just might not be a you know and. Well, it's just there, there a lot was, of things. Personalities, yeah. You know, sometimes it's just how, how people react to things, uh, other than other people, well, and with their expectations. I think yeah. it's all a bunch of. Well, and I think that I'm there being was very they, vague. No, Danny. but there was. <laughs> I noticed that. Nar had a, an example of this where they somebody was questioning the amount of uh, commission that a buyer's agent would make, and they said, "Well, here's the problem: the buyer's agents are not charging you for the showings, the meetings, the all the hours that they're spending, and then you can, you know, let's say that you don't use them and you don't buy anything, and then the next customer comes along." It's a law of averages, and so they have to be usually a higher yielding commission to cover the cost of being in that business to provide the service unbiasedly. Think about that for a second. So when you come in there and say, I want a free CMA, and the only reason why you're doing it, and that person spends three or four hours of their time, is just to get a value so that you can refinance your house, you're being used. And so this industry has, a, in my opinion, a bad habit of giving everything away for free. Transparency will come once people say, you know what, I'll pay you so many dollars for a CMA just like I would pay for an appraisal. Or, you know, you show me a house, I'll make sure that you're paid for your time. But you know what? It's not working out. Now you're fired, but here's 300 bucks for your time. That's where it'll be a little more transparent when the consumer is as transparent as the agent. Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, in, in real estate, I mean, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look at all that money that you get paid. And, I mean, in the end, when it's all done and said, I mean, it certainly is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it's it's broken down in a bunch of different ways. And the other thing is it's a total risk versus reward. Yeah. If you do everything, you put it all into it, and you don't sell it. You know, you lose. Right. And so, Sometimes thousands of dollars yeah. are spent on marketing and it, it doesn't come back. So, but, but then there's other ways in which people say, you know what, Denny, I'm going to hire you in which to sell this house. I'm going to pay you this no matter what. If it sells or doesn't sell. You a know, retainer. Yeah, yeah. That's different. You know, there's, there's a lot less risk for that. And so you'd probably pay a lot less money for that. Yeah. So I think that that's whole fair. risk versus reward thing. Transparency. Is, uh, yeah. Is it a, goes is both a big ways. Thing. Yep. We have a uh, little over 60 seconds to go. Do you want to do a quick one here? Yeah, is it better to stage a vacant home or leave it vacant? Depends on the condition of the home. If the home's in perfect condition and you can show that every wall's painted and all the carpet's clean, I like leaving them vacant. 
on the other hand, if it's used, <laughs> it looks used, maybe the staging helps, you know, kind of distract you a little. And I think price points make a big difference on that yeah, as well. For sure. So, are, people, I think it's an, are people doing staging a lot these days? Tons. Really? Yeah, they still stage. And Builders. I mean, I think there's different staging words. You know, people think stage, hey, we're bringing in a bunch of furniture. But sometimes it's just, you know, some little things to accent. Uh, the place or position your house, repainting, you know, all that thing to me gets kind of grouped together. A little tweaking. Yep. All right. We were just about out of time. Uh, you're going to come back next week. Uh, how do we find out uh, what's going on with you guys? Uh, AndyandRooney.com. Yeah. Is that, that's it now. So you can go to Prasky.com or yep. Chris, what is mine? ChrisRooney.com. AndyandRooney. <laughs> AndyandRooney.com. All right. Come on back next week. We'll Thank uh, you. We'll talk real estate again and uh, welcome our listeners to ask those particular questions. So we'll see you again next week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.